This is an SM Media production. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of The Sat Down right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPike, delighted to be your host. Joined this week by the former Kilmarnock, Hearts and Wraith man, Jim Jeffrey's favourite striker, Gary Wales. Gary, pleasure to have you on the show, mate. Thanks very much for coming on. Hi. Thanks for having me on, Scott. How are you, all right? Great. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, despite the, the bizarre year that everyone's having, uh, everyone's in good health here. And yeah, no, we're, we're good, remaining positive and all is well. Brilliant. You've been kind of out of the football game for a wee while, so what have you been kind of doing yourself since you, you stopped playing? Yeah, I, I, I basically just, yeah, came out of the game um, and I, I, I kind of I took a bit of influence from uh, a couple of guys that I'd met over in Australia uh, looking to get into the property game, um, one of them being Robbie Fowler. So he kind of he gave me some ideas about that. And when I came back from Australia, I needed to obviously, you know, exhaust the idea of do I want to continue in football? And I went and did a couple of coaching uh, licenses and stuff like that. But to be honest, it never really gripped me at that stage. Um, so I went away and kind of did a couple of other things to get my my knowledge up, really, in, in the property industry. And, you know, now kind of got an established business with a wife um, running running just now. So, uh, But it is my intention to get back into it, I think, uh, now, now kind of at that time where once the business is kind of, you know, it's, someone else can look after it, if you like. I'll, I'm definitely at that. I'm going to be looking at uh, giving back. Brilliant. Here's hoping you get back into football. We'll start off by talking about your early years. Just talk a bit about where you kind of grew up in your family life and what your kind of school days were like as well. Yeah. Um, well, family, originally the family's from Glasgow and uh, we, we did that kind of big move out to Livingston in the 70s when it was all kind of the new towns were kicking off. Yeah. So the family came out to Livingston. Uh, and that's where I, I was born and, and raised. I've uh, got quite a big family. And yeah, so Livingston was the place for us. And we uh, kind of quite a, as I, as I said, a big family and football was kind of uh, installed into us. And uh, so I, I kind of, although although there was a lot of that going on around about me, I was quite a late starter to football. Uh, I never really kind of kicked a ball till I was like 10 year old, which you know, it's quite you know considered quite uh, quite late starting, but uh, it's just for whatever reason that was that was the way it happened for me. Um, and then you know that the place in Livingston, uh, the first club I'd went to was uh, a little club called Dunbaram and Thistle. Right. So we were pretty successful as it goes. Um, it was actually one of my brothers had uh, he was the coach of the of the, of the club, and. Uh, so it was, it was. I, I kind of hit the ground running with it. You know, it was just seeing everyone else playing around, around about me, and just kind of all of a sudden took the notion to do it, and things went kind of, kind of well for me in the first couple of years, and then it was like scouted by you know various Premier League clubs, and of course at that age you're you kind of playing, you're playing with every kind of professional club. I know a lot of professionals do that. You know, and we kind of go to. Harps on a Tuesday, Dundee United on a Wednesday, Celtic on a Friday, and I was kind of just one of the, the kids. Um, so that was that. That gave me great confidence, and um, you know, played 
played some great footballs, scored a lot of goals there. Um, my strike partner at that time in, in the under 10s, 11s, 12s and stuff like that was Mark Burchill. Nice. So me and Mark were uh, pretty, uh, pretty po- uh, you know, lethal up front. So, yeah, no, we did well. Brilliant. And who were your kind of heroes when you were growing up? And what kind of, who were your what team did you follow when you were young? <laughs> Um, well, my, my family's, you know, as I said, they, they came from Glasgow and they, they were kind of green and white in, in Glasgow. Right. Um, so that that was kind of what was always nudged upon me. But I, as I said, I, I never really got involved in football until I was late. And then kind of before you know it, you're kind of playing at all these clubs, as I said. So I, I wasn't too eager to sort of show, you know, any kind of colour because... You're at Hearts, you're at Dundee United, you're at Celtic, and you kind of, yeah. even at that yeah. stage, I thought to myself, you know, like you, you can't, you can't be seen to be one, one or another. So, um, but I guess if if somebody was to twist my arm, you know, my family, they're going to say that you, you, you better say you support Celtic. But uh, things, things kind of soon change. The minute you're, uh, you know, you're feeling, you know, professional and stuff like that, and massive, massive uh, soft spot for Hearts, to be honest. Uh, and that's that's that stage is not so far from it. So, um, that's been a big bearing on how I feel about football. So, brilliant. And obviously, when you when you kind of get through boys clubs, you you move on to Hamill. And as you said, you kind of get scouted for like Hearts and United and that. But why did you choose why did you choose Hamill? Well, to be honest, there wasn't really a choice. Um, right. It was a bizarre situation. Like I came to sixteen. Um, as I said, I was playing. I was S form actually with Dundee United at the time, uh, but I was still sort of training, uh, whether it be known or not, uh, with Celtic and Livingston, and there was a lot of confusion. Celtic were actually wanting to sign me. Uh, Dundee United wouldn't release the the, for, the 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 papers, and for whatever reason, I let I ended up with no club. <laughs> so uh, it was a bizarre one. So I kind of took. I took I took strop a little bit because I thought oh well I'm just going to go and play with my mates and um, so I went into uh, the Edinburgh leagues and I played with a, a, a club uh, links maybe just half a season or so and I just kind of got picked up again from uh, Sandy Clark it was at Hamilton Ackies. and actually at that time I had a job so I was working um, in Livingston so. Although I wanted to play football, you know, like, and I'd have done it for free. You know, my dad was pretty, pretty adamant of having uh, crunch talks with Sandy Clark to make sure I got a decent enough deal to leave my job. So that's that's kind of what happened. Um, and yeah, so I was delighted to get into full time football at that stage, and then I kind of had a really good couple of seasons there. Mm-hmm. But when Sandy Clark signed you, just how good was he for you, like, when you, for your early development? Oh, uh, yeah, massive. Uh, Pretty much, you know, the first father figure really in football, you know, is is how how he treats people, saying to none, um, just really honest. Uh, put an arm around you if you needed it, you know, kick you in the nuts if you needed it, whatever it is, you know, he, he knew the, the right balance. He actually used to pick me up and take me to training every day, so that, that right. was a bit weird, you know, because that was I was. That 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 one in the club, everybody thought, "Oh, there's your dad," you know, picking you <laughs> up and everything like that. But you know, it was just it was just how it was. You know, it was too young to drive, and um, I think that helped. And all we did was talk football in the car, you know. Um, but yeah, no, he was super, so influential. Um, and it was he was actually promoting 
promoting moving for me, you know, quite a lot. Um, yeah. I know a lot of managers would always try and, you know, say, look, you're not going anywhere, you're not doing this and just having the club's be best interest. But, you know, I felt personally that he was quite, you know, open to, to helping you get the right move. Yeah. Um, and then he moved on to St. Johnston and Colin Miller came in and Sandy Clark, I think in his first few months, tried to sign me and I went up for talks for St. Johnston. Um, but that never materialised. Um, there was a lot of interest and it was a bit of a take or leave it form. Um, so, opted against it. Mm-hmm. You you started you came into the team in 1998-99 and you scored a few goals and you played really well. Like How good was that for you at a young age to be coming in and kind of setting the world on fire? Yeah, all right. it was it was it was great. You know, um, I think it's the first time you you sort of back yourself. You know, um, because you you made that step up to to go full time. But of course, whilst you're training with the the first team, you're you're still hanging about with all the the boys, the young boys, and you're kind of just floating in between. You're getting on now and again, and you're still just trying. You know, have a bit of a carry on with the the, the young boys and. It was just that that thing where okay, here's your chance, and you know, you've you've had you've felt the rejection before, so make sure that doesn't happen happen again. So I went and kind of got got a, a start. I think it was up in Rafe Rafe. I think it's yeah, it was Rafe Rovers was a sort of first goal that I'd scored, and it just gave me massive confidence. And I went on to have a, a good second part of the season, and uh, yeah, that's when things started. You know. Talking about other other moves, yeah. And who were the kind of good characters in the dressing room at Hamilton at the time? There was quite a few. It was it was like it was a. I tell you what, it was it was a superb time um, because we never had a stadium, right? Right. Okay. And uh, this was before we had any kind of stadium. We had very little facilities. Um, there was we were we were sort of getting changed in a pub. It was, it was, it was brilliant. It was this place in Hamilton? I think it was called Tudor Lodge. The club was working over there, like the secretaries, the 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 the, the, the players, and it was hilarious. Honestly, um, you know, just getting changed in this boozer and just the banter that was getting, you know, it was it was superb. But in terms of characters, there was quite a few. Um, well, the Chris Hillcoat was the coach, uh, not the coach, the the captain. Um, we always had uh, good, good, good keepers as well. John Hillcote, uh, Alan yeah. Ferguson, uh, Ian McCauley was a a, a, wee, a wee midfield uh, sort of maestro in there, or he thought he was a wee midfield maestro. But he he had good banter. Uh, Eddie Cunningham, uh, Mikey Geraghty was there as well. So it was great. It was just it was just good, just good banter because it was very very grounded, you know. And that whole thing, you know, the fact that you don't have <laughs> nothing to, to show, you know, like you're just this wee team that's barely got any kit and uh, everybody's fighting for the the waterproof that's the newest and all that stuff, you know. Uh, but that just brought us together and we were, we were, you know, we were a really good team, actually. Mm-hmm. We were always kind of up up towards the top in the league. Um, right. but I, it, it stood me in good stead. Mm-hmm. One of your first kind of big experiences at a big, a big stadium was uh, the game against Ibrox in the Cup. Do you, do you remember the result? Uh, that was a cup game against uh, Rangers. Uh, we, we got gubbed. We got absolutely gubbed, I think, probably five or six. It was six. How good was that for you to kind of play in that atmosphere? And what was, what was that team like to play against? 
It was it was superb. Um, it was it was actually it was a big deal for the club. As I said, there was no money whatsoever at the club. Yeah. Um, and the game before that, and I think it was the Scottish, probably. I think that was the Scottish Cup. Yeah. And we'd got through, uh, scraped a one 0 against St Mirren, and I'd managed to bundle one over for two yards. And honestly, it was like we'd won the lottery, the club. Um, so. That was the biggest thing about it, you know, getting that TV game, the Sky Sports it was at the time, um, and just the hype building up to that because before that there was none of that, and uh, yeah. so it was it was a big deal. And I do I do vaguely remember sort of just feeling excited to play up against people like Amoruso, you know, mm-hmm. and test test myself, um, and that was good, you know, and I, I kind of felt like you know whilst whilst obviously the the, the scoreline wasn't. Uh, wasn't wasn't great. I was quite I was quite happy with the idea of like these guys are not massively far away from me. You know, like maybe collectively we look like we're a different a different ball game. But um, you know, I gave Amaruso quite a good run for his money that night, and uh, yeah, and obviously got quite a lot of lot of speculation off the back of that game, and then the the next season obviously is uh, when I signed for Hearts. Mm-hmm. You do you do really well the next year, kind of rest of your spring at Hamilton and Hearts obviously bring you in. But how how do you look back at your team at Hamilton for your development? Aye, brilliant. I mean, it's I think it's probably the right way to come through. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of sort of professionals and people chat about the whole, you know, the being at the bigger clubs and being nurtured up, and it's very rarely that someone pops through, you know, from the academies and uh, I. If it were me, you know, I would I would always opt a kid to do it that way and just get out there and get lots of experience and, you know, get brought through with older pros at different leagues and just kind of drops any kind of big egos and stuff like that as well, you know. Um, so it, it was looking back on it, it was great for me, you know, and I thought it's it just felt like, you know, you were part of something great you know just hanging about with the, with the guys but obviously it gets more professional when you get the, the bigger move to, to Hearts mm-hmm. and when do you first kind of hear that Hearts were looking for you I heard about every other club bought Hearts um, yeah. yeah it was it was weird um, I think Hearts just took the opportunity because uh, there was obviously talk of like quite a lot of big clubs coming to the games the, the secretary at Hamilton at the time Scott Struthers used to tell me about all the clubs that are and it, and he he would say, Hope it's not going to put you off, you know, and it was part of the banter. Uh, but he'd tell me about all the Premier League scouts that were coming, blah, blah, blah. And, and hearts were never really mentioned. And in fact I went down to Middlesbrough in the Premier League at the time. It was um Brian Robson who took me down. He yeah. says, Come down for a couple of weeks and see if you like it. And I went down there and I'd I stayed down there um, for a couple of weeks training with the guys and it looked like that was very, very close to happening. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't really know. Well, I think the guys basically said, look, get back up the road, finish off your season. And, we'll, you know, the, I think they'd spoke to the agent. But I, sure enough, I go back up the road and I get quite a bad injury. Um, right. And that's the start of the many bad injuries that, that I had. But... Uh, it kind of it must have obviously slowed down their idea of ideas of signing me, and I think it was just basically out of all that it did kind of cool off because of the injury, 
and then came back and played a couple of games and then it was just very quick. It was like Jim, you know, Hearts are interested in you and I played against Hibs at Easter Road. Hibs were in the first division at the time. Yeah. And I remember playing against Hibs and I think we got beat 3-1 or possibly. Um, and I got sent off in that, that game. But I, I, I'd scored a goal that got disallowed right early in the game and I was raging the whole game. So I, I was running about like an angry man and I, I got sent off with a, a bad two-footer with 10 minutes to go. And it was one of the things that Jim Jeffries was at the game and Billy Brown was at the game. And it's the day that I'd signed, they'd said to me, <laughs> that was one of the reasons he wanted to sign me because it, the way I was playing against him. So I was, it, was, it was quite funny. But no, it just came out of the blue. And, you know, I was... I was just buzzing about it, man. Because as a massive club, and as I said, I stayed. I was from Livingston, and it's kind of quite a, a mix in Livingston between sort of Edinburgh clubs and Glasgow clubs. So, right, okay. um, and people like John Robertson, you know, people like that. They were sort of part of my while they guys are just brilliant, you know, mm-hmm. um, growing up. So it was just a, pr- a privilege to I just wanted to sign and get going with that as well. Mm-hmm. So you move on to Hearts and. Uh, at 20 years old and you get into a good dressing room but who were the kind of good characters and good people you went in well with? Again, I, the, it was a lot of the a lot of the, the Edinburgh boys tend to be the characters because they, you know, they know the club inside out like you know, Gary Naismith and Lockie Gary Locke and uh, people like that but there was also you know, Stevie Fulton he was, he was brilliant um, Colin Cameron was a the, the skipper at the time yeah. you know you've got Stephen Presley and that but in terms of the characters it was always kind of sort of the the, the, the sort of the guys that were more sort of local if you like that were they were always having the banter but people like that Fulton and Gary McSwagan was there at the time as well we we travelled in together from Livingston and uh, Darren Jackson so we, we had a good car as well so there was a lot of good banter floating about brilliant and you you starts on Darren Jackson. You come off. You come off the bench for your debut for Darren Jackson against St. Johnson. Like how how excited were you to make your your first appearance in the Premier League? Yeah, um, just chapping at the bit, chapping at the bit from day dot. Um, quite a funny story about just kind of making my debut for them. But um, I came I came through for talks. Just I kind of thought it was a case of right, we're going to. It was a, it was pre season. The Hearts had a game against uh, Spurs lined up and Jim Jeffries says to me, come through and we'll chat to the chairman before the game. You can maybe stay and watch the game and stuff like that before I'd signed. Mm-hmm. So I pops through and uh, I, I would, like I said, I'd have signed for nothing, you know, just to get to that next that next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and long story short, I sign and um, he says to me, what are you... Are you gonna, what are you doing today? You staying for the game? And I was like, yeah. He says, you got boots with you? And I was like, no. Because <laughs> I, I wasn't even sure I was going to say. And then he, he gave me a line to go and get some boots for our shop. And he says, go and get a pre-match here and I'll put you on at half time. <laughs> and my mind was just like this. What what just happened? Uh, so I went, <laughs> just, it was just 100 mile an hour. And that was, that was kind of, you know, that was the thing. It was like, and then sure enough, I come on at half time and I'm playing up against uh, Sol Campbell and Ledley King. And it was just like mental. And then sure enough, the next day he says, right, you hope you enjoyed that. 
there's a there's a there's a resi game tomorrow against uh, <laughs> Eric Rangers. So it's just exactly that, you know. Um, but no, I was just I was just chapping at the bit to to get on and sort of prove my my worth um, at that stage because there was quite a lot of good you know people similar to myself just eager and sitting there like Andy Kirk. He was yeah. he was another player. You know, we were we were often classed as quite similar. Where where we when we chatted and played in the resies, we we didn't think that, and we we did really well in the resies together. So it was very few times we actually got to start in the first team together. But we were all just chapping at the bit to get going and prove ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you could after you could have made you score your first goal against the D and get a good run in the team. Like how how good did you feel after just kind of coming to a club at Hearts and and getting that opportunity for Jim Jeffries? Yeah, it was great. It was. I wouldn't say I was at a stage where I was anxious to to score because, as you said, I never really started till after the winter break. I just I remember going over. Hearts were quite, um, you know, well known for going to a place in Portugal every winter break. And we we went over there, and I just had a, a you know a good couple of weeks. Uh, and he says you're flying. I'm going to start you when you come back. And I think it was the first game when we came back against Dundee. And, I scored and I was just that was it. It was just it just felt brilliant and I was like just couldn't get enough games at that time, you know. I was just like keep proving yourself and uh, that was it. And I think I'd managed to get seven in the second half of the season, um or so, maybe something like that. Um but no, it was it was just I was just delighted to to get it off the mark and and sort of just enjoy it. Brilliant. And it was a good team as well. Like obviously you finished up that first season you were there. Like how how good was that team to, and how who did you can enjoy playing with in the team? Yeah, I mean through through the whole team, you know, looking back on the team, it was it's a it's a great lineup, you know, and it's probably you know some of the, the best players I've played with Hearts over the last twenty years. You know, people, you know, the options in goal were Craig Gordon or Andy Niemi. You yeah. know, like that's that's a great start. You Gary Naismith. You had Stephen Presley, you had Paul Ritchie, you know, Thomas Flogel, uh, Stevie Fulton and Colin Cameron just supplying you. You know, that was superb. You, up front, it was a, the pick between myself, Darren Jackson, uh, Stefan Adam or Gary McSwagan. You know, it was just like, it was it was just superb, you know. So there wasn't, there wasn't necessarily at that time, uh, maybe it's obviously on purpose that Jim's done that, but the team, you know, you could have chopped and changed things there, and there was always goals, and it was a, it was always going to Tynecastle and being, you know, expecting lots of chances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, like J- uh, Jim Jeffries and Billy Brown as well. Just by touching them, like, what were they like? We've we've had a few folk on who have who have gave us great stories about Jim Jeffries and Billy Brown. What's your what's your memories of working with them at Hearts? Yeah, just 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 very much. As they come across to everybody, they're completely sincere in every, everything they do. You know that they're 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 very much about work ethic, um, keep everybody's feet on the ground. You know, um, I was often sort of made made aware that I have to keep my feet on the ground for Jim Jeffries. You know, in my first season, just to say, look, it's just the start. You know, it can go away as quickly as you can build it. So they were like that, and Billy and. Even at, when I was at Kilmarnock, obviously that was the the the, the, the duo that, that took me over there, and um, it just was 
constant, you know, what, what you're seeing is what you get. And they were superb. They were great, a great act together, you know, the good cop, bad cop. Um, although they like to switch roles now and again. So <laughs> it was superb. It was, it was really good. Uh, I would, it's probably one of the things that's a bit of a shame when, about football now is like there's not really any firm but fair characters in the game. I feel yeah. like everybody has to be a bit delicate with how they come across. And I don't know, I think it's something that's missing out of the game now, certainly from what I see. Definitely. But, uh, Jim Jeffries and Billy Brown leave at, this, leave at the end of this season and Craig Levine comes in. Like, how excited were you to work with him? Um, well, I didn't really know much about Craig other than the fact that he was, you know, a Hearts legend, if you like. You know, he, he was very successful and many people that spoke about him said he was a top-class player and obviously an internationalist. So mm -hmm. I only really knew that amount of, of information. And to be honest, when somebody brings you to a club, you're probably a bit more concerned that, you know, who's going to come in because, you know, that's somebody that's, that's wanted you badly that's now away. So you're, you're feeling a bit vulnerable. But um, it was a funny time because he, uh, Jim, Jim and Billy leave for Bradford, but I'd actually broke my leg um, yeah. towards the end of that season. So... For me, it wasn't like I could make an immediate impact on the new manager. So I was out for like a year and a half after Craig had uh, taken the reins. So it was a bit unusual for me, but he did show signs, you know, coming into the changing room that he was keen for me to to be in, in, in his plans. But for whatever reason, it never quite worked together that well. Um, and I don't know if it was maybe he had an expectation of me being maybe what I was before, but I think I came back from my injury not the same player. So I think it's probably a combination of that that kind of maybe never made it work. How did you break your leg? Uh, it was a, a game, a few games towards the end of the season. It was at Ibrox against Rangers. It was quite early in the first half. I just... Uh, just cut across Alpha Newman quite quickly. I was flying at the time. You know, it was it was one of these things where there's only a few games to go to the end of the season. In actual fact, there was quite a, a bit of speculation about, you know, move a move elsewhere. Um, and it just, yeah, I just cut across him pretty sharp. And I think he kind of tried to catch me with one leg, but the momentum of his knee caught my ankle and kind of just, as I said, broke my, broke my leg and, dislocated my ankle and snapped my ligaments. It was a bit of a car crash injury. Uh, it took me about nearly two years to get back from it, actually. So, aye, it was, uh, it, was, it was not great timing, but I think it helped Helped me, helped shape my life again. How sore was it going to be sitting on the sidelines? Like, and obviously, like, mental health wasn't, wasn't really spoken about much then, but does it have a, obviously, it would have had an impact on you back then, just sitting on the sidelines for two years? Yeah, I think I think it's not until you you mature that you can probably understand that. But yeah, yeah, looking back on it, you've not really got anybody to speak to about anything. And I guess I wasn't even looking for that. You know, it was just a case of you're injured, get up the gym, get your rehab, and get on with it. And it's lonely, you know. And a lot of guys, a lot of pros go through it. Um, I just had quite a lot of it consistently uh, 
and it, you know, it, it, like I said, it's, it probably toughened the mind quite a bit. But you're you're right; it was uh, something that wasn't you know there at the time to to have a t- talk about that. But it is what it is, and you're just keen to get back. And but then you are you are saying to yourself, "Am I going to be the same player?" But you know, you've got to overcome that. And as soon as you grab a goal or you get a, you know the thumbs up for the for the gaffers or whatever, you, you start you start believing in yourself again. Mm-hmm. And when you come back into the team about February time, like what was the what was the remainder of the season like for you? Yeah, it was it was just a kind of fits and starts. I think Craig was trying to you know sort of ease me back in, so I was playing you know every other game or things like that, and coming off the bench and stuff like that. Got a handful of goals, but I was just just I was actually probably keen keen to get. To, to start of the next season to yeah. get a real good season under my belt um, but it was good that I'd actually signed a new contract um, just coming back from the injury which was part of a little mini boost you know mm-hmm. um, and I think that was to do with the speculation before I broke my leg so I'd, I'd just signed that season and it was a three year deal but um, you know as soon as I kind of was just towards the end of getting ready to get back into the game again and the, the club were trying to renegotiate a new contract for me so I don't know if they had planned that I was maybe going to come back the same and they'd sell me at a bigger price because of the because of the new contract I don't know but that was that was good to get that confidence at that time but I, yeah I was just really keen to get a, a pre-season under my belt and start the next year mm-hmm. You start the next season pretty well and like, I just sort of want to touch on you know, what, was, uh, what was the experience in Edinburgh Derby like for you? Oh, it was brilliant. It's superb. I mean, I think even Tynecastle as a, as a stadium, whether you're at a club, you know, another club, or you're playing for Hearts, it's, that's a, it's a brilliant venue for anything. And if you've got a, a Derby, you know, and passion, it's, it's, it's quite a, quite a theatre for that. Uh, even going over Easter Road, you know, even before they they'd done the stadium, yeah, you know, you'd get you get you get some pillars. I tell you, I tell you, you can make a fortune as well. The amount of pound coins that get chucked at you. Is that right? I, I, I remember you know just in the warm ups. So I used to get you know pound coins chucked at you and everything. You're like, wow, this is crazy. But listen, it was it was really really passionate, and that that was great to feel. To feel that heat, you know, and that's that's what football's all about is really a team, somebody supporting a team, and you know, like it's a big deal to them. Mm-hmm. And I know there's one or two sort of clashes throughout fixtures, you know, that that can bring that. But again, it's another thing I think is missing in football. Um, I think people see it differently now. The game. Um, that's just my personal uh, opinion on it, but. Yeah, it's it's good to to go into these games and the pressure of if you win or if you lose, you know, uh, the fans. It's it's a big big deal. And if you're if you're not on the, vic- the victorious side that 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 weekend, you know, it's it's a nightmare a week. But I was lucky enough to play in a, a sort of era where we were beating beating the Hibs uh, a lot, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, there's quite a few infamous sort of. Victories in there, Mark De Vries one that's quite well known as well. Yeah. You know, big man scores four in his debut. Um, so uh, yeah, no, it was it was great to play in those those games. 
Mm-hmm. And like as well, when you come back that season, the one or two, you you can change. Did you kind of change your game a bit because you went you, you went fifteen games without scoring a goal? Did you did you kind of change the way you played just because of the injury thing? Yeah, well, I think even Craig Levine had changed the way I played a little bit as well because he wanted. I think he wanted to play me to a degree and. I was playing like places like wide right or wide left, and I wasn't necessarily a striker. And to be honest, I never really played as an out-and-out striker. And in terms of how I seen myself, I never seen myself as the number nine. You know, yeah. um, I kind of always kind of, I guess I I would idled myself on people like people like Bearcamp and that. Where I did I enjoyed the assist probably just as much. You know, yeah. and I'd like to just be a wee bit clever and cute with stuff. So. I think I think at that time, you know, I was I was picking up the odd goals, but like you said, to to go to go that run without scoring, I think maybe looking back in that season, I think I played a lot outright. Um and just as I said, we could come in on and off. So it was a bit of fits and starts, but just to get back involved and and you know, playing at, at that stage after the, the leg breaks the, the big the big thing. So that's that's the thumbs up at that time, you know, rather than can you score 20 goals? It's just like getting confidence again. So it's good. Yeah, it was good to just keep playing, really. Mm-hmm. And how good was it, kind of Craig, Craig Levine's man management towards you at that point? Uh, yeah, I mean, Craig, you know, it was Craig, Craig had his, his way, and it was that was the only way I really think that, you know, speaking to you know a lot of guys and probably the guys at the time, you know, it was just like this is how it is. And you know, I think again that's a bit, you know, a bit older fashioned style to what we've got now. Um, but no fair play. I mean, he knew what he was what to do, and you had to adapt, or you you were you were not not required really. So um, you've seen players sort of soon sort of certainly the older, the more experienced players like you know Darren Jackson stuff like that. It was like Craig had his own own ideas when he came in and. People were no longer training with the first team and things like that. So it was like, it's he it did set the, the benchmark of like get on board or find a new club. So I don't think he was articulate about it. It was just a case of do it or leave. <laughs> and was it, what was it like for you as well? Like you, you finished fifth that season. Were you just ha- were you just kind of happy to be back playing after your injury? Like mm. you said, like, right yeah. way, you just happy to play wherever you you were asked. Yeah, I was just I was just happy to get back and be playing in the Premier League because whilst whilst you know had a few a couple of succession you know successful things uh, prior to that, I was just more relieved to you know get my my name involved in playing in the Premier League again. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing, you know, I was never despite speculation, despite whatever whatever happened in the past it was about just can I play more games in the Premier League and that was the main thing for me I was never what to leave hearts or you know I guess looking back on it you know maybe things might have been you know better if Jim Jeffries still remains the manager or whatever but you know Craig's taking the club in a different direction and you know I was I had to be involved in that and I think I played a big part in it but inevitably I think he was just expecting me to be the same player and just kind of came back a slightly different player. I used to be very much direct beforehand and now it was all about sort of, you know, creating things and 
being cute. Um, I don't know if you psychologically miss, you say you're missing a yard's pace or whatever, but you somehow change your game to adapt. And I think that's what happened. And then it just kind of goes to a stage where you need to make a decision whether you're going to, what, what club you're going to look at to start playing a lot. Because yeah. after that, I start feeling fit again. I'm just not playing, so it's a case of where are you going and what are you going to do to, to get more game time. Definitely. I move on to the 2002-03 season. The one of the kind of game that will stick out in your mind that season was a five-one win against Hibs. Like, how good was that to get that kind of win against your rivals? Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a big. But again, the thing is that we, we, we It was an expectation at that stage because we were, you know, we were beating them. Um, Quite frequently in, in the in the derbies, but I think it was the second game of the season, maybe. Because um, I, I played I played the first game of the season against Dundee away, and we drew one each, and I'd scored a header. In the next game, the derby, I actually never started, mm-hmm. and it, I was like, you know, for for forwards or forward thinking players, you you can't believe that you're not playing if you scored the week before. Yeah. So no matter who you play for, that you just you're like, what's going on? But anyway, I, I, I came on in that game. But yeah, no, it was it was great. I think Andy Andy Kirk had scored quite quickly in the game, and then big Mark DeVries, like that was his first season. Uh, and I think that's obviously what happened is I made way to give him his debut. Um, and yeah, the big man bashed he bashed in a cup. Like I said, four goals, and I think I set up his his last goal. Um, but it, just the. The, the city that night, you know, and the weekend and that week, you know, it just it gives it all the all the supporters something to really brag about, and it's great to be part of these things. So I wouldn't like to be on the other side of that, you know, Definitely. which thankfully I wasn't. I wasn't too often. How good a player was De Vries to play alongside? Yeah, he was, he was he was great. I mean, he wasn't blessed with any pace, but I learned a lot from the fact that you know his his type of play, you know, his hold up play. Um, using his body and things like that, I was still very much learning myself at that at that stage. You know, twenty three or twenty four maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, still trying to really get my my own game right. And uh, no, he was superb at that. You know, he, he 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 just had these big arms that could hold people off. You know, for miles, and they weren't getting close to the ball. And his timing of getting into the box, and you know, he, he could finish with both feet. It was just a real threat. You know, and. I think for the, the the way that Craig played, and even you know, last year you could see elements of his game strategy not change much. Always looking for a target man and, and getting people off him, and uh, I think that was what it was. And we'd always had good people floating around that to to, to bag to bag in quite a lot of goals. So it was good. I learned a lot from him, uh, as I did a lot of the good strikers, Stefan Adam and Darren Jackson as well. Brilliant. And that season, you finished third. Like, what was the what was the good points of that season? And would you say that was one of the best seasons of your career? Like, with the team doing so well. Mm-hmm. Um, on a, taking it personally, it wasn't necessarily something that I thought it was the best season in my career because uh, you know, obviously, fits and starts, not playing the full. Se- when you feel you know that you're not playing every single week, you don't necessarily feel okay. You feel part of the team, but. Um, you know, it's, there's a wee bit, of, a wee bit of shine off it, but yeah. Towards the end of the, the main thing for us, the goal that we set out to do that year was to, to basically get into Europe, um, and and third preferably, uh, if not challenge for second. So 
that's what happened that year, um, and it was it was superb. Mm-hmm. And we we obviously had some good European games, you know, Stuttgart and all that. That yeah. after that for for that, so it was superb to to gain that kind of experience. Mm-hmm. And as well as that, the season, the, the kind of last season with the uh, Hearts, you didn't play until December when you came on against Inferno. Like, why did you not play between the summer and December? I was injured. <laughs> I was injured again. Um, just things were happening because of the almost like the imbalance of the injury. You know, other other parts of your body compensate for for that. And um, I had quite a lot of sort of plates and metal work in my legs and ankles at that stage and they were giving me aggro and things like you know like your hamstrings and your back were starting to play up so I never really got to you know be, have a good run of injury free um, but yeah I think yeah it was again one of these things where I came back after a winter break uh, so I maybe should have switched on to that earlier and played abroad or something like that <laughs> quite quick so, because uh, a fair weather player, maybe. Uh, but I came back, and I think it was Aberdeen. I managed to get the first start and got a first goal of that season, um, and went on and grabbed another handful. So, no, it was it, it was just one of the things where it's like at that stage you're kind of like, okay, I'm injured a lot. You know, when I'm back and I'm fit, I'm not playing all the time. So, is it time to move on? But I wasn't necessarily encouraged. Courage in the move at all, but I think Craig was just kind of saying to me, "Look, if if you can, you know, if not, then fine." Because I think I, that was the the last year of my contract. Uh, if you can find somewhere, we're happy, you know, let you go. Um, so yeah, I think I think Aberdeen had tried to sign me in that January. I think it was uh, was it Steve Patterson possibly. Yeah, it would have been. Ah, uh, uh, he was. Uh, he was the manager who tried to get me, but I think Craig was eager to just kind of get me going. I think he must have had someone, someone in mind to, to get, but I didn't really want to, to make the changes to be in the same league. I thought, can I go somewhere else? And that was when I got the opportunity to go down to the championship with Walsall. So that that just kind of happened very quickly. Um, and I managed to go down there and that was good. Just to kind of challenge myself, different league. Uh, take my, felt like you know on paper you're probably saying is it a league up, league above you know what a Premier League level is, so I, I was always quite eager to test that part of it out. And of course you're going down to play some great clubs, you know away grounds um, mm-hmm. were great. And when I went down there, it turned out that Paul Ritchie was there. Yeah. I played with Hearts, yeah. he was there, um, which was great. Paul Merson, people like that, Vinnie Samways, some big names still floating about, and. Uh, it was just good to, you know, get someone who's again given giving you confidence because I think Colin Lee was the manager and he said, like, come down and you get some game time here and that's what I got. But again, fits and starts with injury. Mm-hmm. Paul Merson, what was he like? <laughs> character, <laughs> total character. Um, if you could get him to train, it was funny. He's just, just he was. He's in every day, and I don't necessarily think he was injured. I just think he decided whether he was training or not. It was, it was, but it was, it was unbelievable. You know, like outside his outside his foot, he would play like unbelievable passes. But he was, he was, he was obviously he was always talking about gambling and stuff like that. So he was, his head was always elsewhere. But 
as a as a character, you know, he was he was great for the, the changing room. Um, so you know, him and people like as I said, Vinny Samways, like, so they had the Arsenal Spurs sort of yeah. thing going on. They were playing some banter off of that. No, it was good. Good, uh, it was a good, good banter there as well. Jimmy Walker was a goalkeeper who went on to play for West Ham, and he he was he was a good laugh as well. So good, it was good experience and playing playing you know good away grounds every week. You're, you're, you're just, you just it was just so refreshing, and it yeah. came at a good time, you know. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Paul Ritchie as well. Like, what was obviously you played with him at Arsenal. What was he like for you down there? Like would he kind of help you through when you were there? Yeah, he was he was a great help. Um, Rich was a great help because I, I came down just to, to train for a few days prior to the, the switch and he just basically helped me with everything. Um, so it was, it was almost treated, it was like a bigger, big brother type yeah. thing, you know, because I was still fairly young and he was experienced and he'd made the, the moves, you know, dotted around Man City, Rangers and stuff like that. And it was just, it was just for me to, to it felt like I could hit the ground running because there was somebody that knew me that wasn't, you know, too too foreign to the way I thought, so mm-hmm. it was good. He really looked after me, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you only play like you only you're only there until March. So why was there no chance to stay to the end of the season? There was. Um, my agent was just quite keen to get me something because it was it was a loan to so there was no sort of um, sort of contract. It was like we'll, we'll take you, you know, for for the, the rest of the season, mm-hmm. but. He, it was just turned out that Gillingham had came in for me um, in the same league and championship, just saying, look, these guys, he, he worked closely with uh, the manager, Andy Hessenthaler, and he says he'll look after you, I think, better than than Colin Lee will, um, because I think even Colin Lee's job was uncertain, and both both of these clubs were sort of battling relegation at the time. Yeah. And I made the switch to Gillingham. And we thankfully we stayed up and Walsall went down, which was a bit, bit felt a bit rubbish about that. But and I did contribute. Um, so, uh, but you know, it is what it is. You're just trying to make sure that your your future's safe, and that's all we did to move for. So I played there for a bit till the rest of the season, and then Jim Jeffries was on the board again uh, for coming back up to Kilmarnock. And as soon as I knew that, you know. I probably was maybe a bit impulsive with that because um, I, I could have stayed down in England and I think my agent was encouraging me to do that. You know, I think he was saying, look, we can we can do well down here if you just bide your time. But I, I was, I don't know why, but I just was focusing on kind of, I want a contract now type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, and Jim, Jim Jeffries was quite, you know, quite persistent on making something happen and I was like, yeah, I'm happy with that. Let's go back up the road. Uh, and I signed a, signed a two or three-year deal there mm-hmm. at Kilmarnock. Brilliant. But how would you look back on your time at Hearts before, before you left? Like, Oh, aye. That was, that, that was probably, you know, the, the greatest sort of time throughout my career. You know, like, in terms of the people at the club, you know, um, when I was, you know, there with Jim Jeffries, the players, some of the players that I played with, um, just a great time. You know, I, I was, I wasn't, I was sort of between, you know, being, you know, a youth and a, you know, a fully mature person. I thought it was a good time. It came, uh, and 
if you know, I would have loved to have stayed there longer if you know if the club or Craig Levine kind of allowed me to do that. But I moved on. Um, but not massive. And as as I said at the start of the show, it's probably you know the softest sort of spot I've got for a team is is Hearts. Um, it's the first. It's probably the first result that I look for. Um, you know, I, and it's interesting because obviously not brought up like that, but that's the impact that the club had on me, you know, at that. Um, and, I, and I go back, you know, Gary Locke's the ambassador of the club now and he asked me back, you know, maybe half a dozen times a year to do sort of hospitality and stuff like that. So I'm still I'm still involved with the club. Brilliant. So, Brilliant. Brilliant. But you move on to Kilmarnock, like how excited were you to work with the Jet again? Really excited. Yeah, just, just just buzzing, you know. Um, because you know, you know what you're getting, you know, and you know that you're going to get a hard time. <laughs> but it's one of them, you know, that you're happy to take the hard time because you know that they like you, and that's why they're giving you a hard time because they want you to do better. So I was just I was just eager to to, to get on and sort of establish myself and. Uh, Get back and and rack up some some games in the Premier League up here, um, and yeah, it was just again good club with you know great great personnel, you know playing up front with people like uh, Boydie and Colin Nish and uh, uh, Stephen Stephen A Smith and stuff like that. So you know still good good players, good standards. So it was uh, it was great, you know, and the the changing room was good as well. Really good, good who bunch the, of guys. Who were the characters in there? I know with a few on, but who were the who were the characters that said it to you? I, uh, I mean, I, I, I think there was there was a lot of banter, as I said. I, I think people like uh, big big David Lully. He was he was center half, and he liked he liked a good laugh. Uh, there was a few pranksters as well. Um, quite good pals still with Gordon Greer. Big big Gordon was. A good guy, uh, but in terms of a laugh, I think there was always something going on. You know, there was always a prank to be done. Lockie was there as well, so I knew what he was like. You know, from from my heart's time, so he he'd probably instigate quite a lot of it. To be fair, uh, just being the skipper, and either giving it the thumbs up or the thumbs down. But I, <laughs> uh, Gary Hay, Hookie, Hookie was he was he was liking a prank as well. So no, it was it was good. Boydie, of course, he's always at the head of that. Um, but I, it was it was good it was good banner. And did you enjoy like obviously when you were in and did you enjoy like playing alongside Boyd? Like how did you realize, did you see how good he was going to be? Yeah, I mean you you just even in training you're you're not you know, everybody else is doing something like different in terms of we we're all running about a lot, you know, and you, you can see Boyd in it he you could think he's lazy, but he's not, he's just Mm-hmm. Preserving energy, uh, and then he just explodes into action. And his finishing was ph- phenomenal. Honestly, um, even in training, the consistency of the finish was superb. You know, um, so whatever whatever shooting drill you you were doing, you knew he was going to come out nearer the top of that. You know, just with left foot, right foot, header. He just he just had that in him. Um, Playing alongside him, you could be frustrated, you know. I know me, Nazy and Colin Nish, stuff like that. We, you know, we, we knew we were always was going to be 
one of us playing alongside him and the other one was either going to be out wide right or whatever. Um, but yeah, he, he would just preserve him, preserve. But he was the one that was always on the score sheet, you know. Um, so he knew what he was doing and obviously that's that's evident in his record and what he went on to do. Like, superb. Mm-hmm. And like as well as that, like yeah, you scored your first goal against Celtic. Do you remember that? Mm. I, I know I'd scored. I used to feel quite confident scoring against Celtic. I scored against Celtic with most clubs. Um, so I, I I don't really remember the game, but I, I know I've scored in all the jerseys that I played with when I played against Celtic. So that was good. Um, what, what, what was the what was the goal? Just a, well, just it was just a first goal for Komala against Celtic. Like I just. Was, yeah. What was uh, I think? I think I think we I think we probably was it. I must have been at Rugby Park. I think. Yeah, it was at home. Yeah. Park. I think he's yeah, won. Yeah. I think he's won. Right. Okay. Well, I don't remember the goal, but it was. Uh, it's always a big deal when you score against, you know, one of the old firm. Um, did you enjoy playing? Did you enjoy playing against the old firm? I did, yeah. Uh, it was it just. I think everybody feels like it's, a, it's another platform to, you know, to perform. Um, certainly towards the end of my my career, you know, when I was at Kilmarnock the last couple of years, I was I was particularly fit. Um, I took sort of extra training regime on, and I felt like after a game I could play another game. I was really fit, and I was playing in midfield. I think at the time. Um, and I'd played a couple of good games against the the old firm, and no, but every time I'd every time I'd play against them, it was obviously a big deal to to the fans. And if you were one of the guys on the score sheet, it was it was good for good for you, you know, and putting your name out there. But aye, it's it's a test, isn't it? It's it's, mm-hmm. it's the cream of the crop. They, 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 all, they always recruit, you know, the best, and you're not going to play against any better in your league. So it was always that platform of this is this new guy who's meant to be the next best thing Rangers have signed and you're up against them. So you're always you're always excited to play against the, the best and yeah, I enjoyed it. And did you think like that season you fitted well come on? Like you finished seventh, but did you how did you feel personally about your first season? Yeah, fine. Just just keen to I think I think um I I never established a, a true first team place. I think I was always like either playing one week, not playing the next, playing wide right, playing left. So I never, I wasn't like always, you know, part of the first name on the sheet type thing. So I was, I was just happy that I played quite a good part in it all. Um, and again, just kind of eager to get that next next season to see is this the season that you're going to be sort of, you know. And to be honest, I never really got. It wasn't until Boyd had left. Um, at Christmas time, that was when I felt like I was a more integral part of the club. Mm-hmm. Um, when he'd left, it was now down to myself and Nishi and Nazy to to pick up the the reins of you know the lack of goals that might he might be there. And that's that's when I actually got I don't know confident or maybe it was because I was shifted from right to up front, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of just took on a different role and. I, Maybe a bit more responsibility, and I think I like again the winter shutdown coming back uh, and and playing after Boydie, but Boydie moves to Rangers, mm-hmm. um, 
I think I scored about seven in that the rest of that season. So it was just about you know felt confident then. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. and how good was that team spirit? We spoke like obviously a few of the boys have been on and they've said just how good that team spirit was. Like how did you feel about it? I just exactly that. I mean, if you look at the personnel, I mean, you know. Jim Jeffries was very shrewd with, with money, you know, and the club as as in a position they, they, they couldn't go out and and buy, you know, quote, you know, like expensive players. So it was a it was about just the the unity of the of the of the players themselves and the characters and that's what that's what got us to, you know, like the CIS Cup final and stuff like that. It was just the fact that we were very much close, you know, we went socialised together more often than not, um, went holidays and things like that, and just kind of felt like we were a good good little unit, and I think that's what got us to that final um, against Hibs, and yeah, no, it was it was, it was was good, really good. Mm-hmm. See, when you just touch on that call final, uh, how did you feel getting How did you feel getting Um... I, I was just hoping I would get a start because I was injured before it. I was I, I was injured two weeks before it. Um, I picked up a hamstring injury and I was trying to get back for it and the club were trying to get me back for it. And they even set up, I think it was pretty sure they set up a, a bounce game sort of like a, sort of a few days before it just to see how I'd fare in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, I never started. I came on at half time or just after half time. Uh, and that was the biggest disappointment for me because I was I was really looking forward to it. I thought this was my my time, you know, to kind of get a start on in a cup final. I thought, you know, we all we all aspire to to be in those cup finals and and play. And obviously, the combination of not starting and the result it was not not exactly the outcome I wanted. But you know, looking back now, and um, you know, it's it's still it's still quite a, a privilege to. to to be involved in a cup final like that and have a medal, uh, albeit a runners-up. But yeah, looking back on it, I think I was probably more disappointed. We went up to St Andrews, I think, um, just you know, to the to a hotel to get away from everything. And just leading up to that, you know, I thought, am I going to play? Am I go- am I not? And then you, you don't, so you're a wee bit, a wee bit miffed at that. But you know, we did we did hope or we, we did think that we had a better chance than what the scoreline reflected. Yeah. We just didn't we just did not show up on the day. Um you know it was you know it was a it was a weird day. It was like it was dry, it was wet, it was snowing, it was dry, it was it was a bizarre day. Um and it just I think it was it was no no for quite a bit and then just all of a sudden all the floodgates opened and you know it was just one goal after another and, yeah, it was dis- it was disappointing at the end because you know what it's like. You're you're wanting you're wanting that night to be great for the fans and you know for for everyone involved. You're just you're hoping that it's that's you that are that are going back to the the club, you know, with the trophy and having a great night. And it never worked out like that, so it was disappointing. But you know, probably a good good achievement for the club in its position at the time to get to a final. Yeah, definitely. One of the players that came up was a big point of that season was Stephen Naismith. Like, how good was he? For, how good was he for you? And did you did you think he would go on and have the, have the career he's had? I did. I, I knew. I knew. Um, 
I knew he would go on to bigger and better things. I definitely knew that from even from just the day that you see him getting called up to train with the first team. You just knew because it actually reminded me a little bit of myself in the sense of, you know, he's just had this appetite. You could see he was streetwise and he was aggressive and high energy. And um, I think it was similar to the, the way I played to get myself a move to Hearts. So I've probably seen a lot of this young nipper coming in. It's just wanting to take anybody's place and, you know, make it his own. So once you once you seen him doing that and Jim Jeffries was a big fan of work ethic, you know, and mm. he'd just work his socks off and he'd, he'd be fearless. And that's what all sort of, you know, younger teens should be like when they're coming through and not, not, not be worried about how they're going to perform. And he was like that. And as soon as you seen him do that and get a handful of goals and soon, soon enough he was one of the first names to go on the sheet. He knew that and I think he went down to like places like Arsenal for trials and you knew that, you know, it was only a matter of time, you know, when he was either the old, one of the old firm were going to pick him up or he was going to leave the club because, as I said, the club were, were needing money more than anything. Definitely. Like, how did you feel at the end, like obviously coming on to your last season, how did you feel fitness-wise? Good, yeah, I felt I felt good. It was just a case of can I maintain what I'd finished the last season like? Because um, there was there was a bit of, there was a bit of talk about moving actually after when Boyd had left. That would have been the last year in my contract, so I was playing for a contract really, mm-hmm. um, and I just I guess that's what maybe the fact that there was a space left by Boyd and. Um, and the fact that I had a contract to go on to after this season, I think that helped me sort of perform well. And there was talks to other clubs, and um, I always remember Billy Brown coming up to me in training saying, the, you, "You're no, you're not going to sign for Nahibs like that." Uh, uh, and it was just, it was just one of these things that I came, I came to a stage where I was like, "Okay, am I going to stay here or, or am I going to move on?" and Jim Jeffries eventually he was quite he was quite uh, he had uh, quite a, a small purse shall we say <laughs> so we were trying to try to negotiate some something better and eventually I got I got an extension on the my contract and I was just happy to do that because I thought I'm performing well can I do that again and then see where we go um, so yeah it was good. Mm-hmm. What was your kind of favourite story for your time at Comarma? What's the best dressing room story? Gosh. Oh, man. Uh, it was just it was, I don't know there's there's so many things to to say about these it's, and it's one of them and it's like can you say this can you not <laughs> uh, no but we we, we I, I think we went away for Gary Gary Hayes stag party so you can only imagine some of the stuff that was going on in that uh, so you know the usual ones with species and fire extinguishers and things like that and people chucking other people's stuff and it was just carnage you know like there's there's nothing you can really nothing you can really broadcast to be honest <laughs> but uh, but listen it was it was superb you know I just and that's that's the biggest thing when you leave football that's the thing that you notice you yeah. know the most is you think you can probably just move on and everything's you're always going to have that environment you know whether it whatever if you find a job or, or whatever coaching but 
I bet you it's not. It's just not the same. You know what you what you get in that changing room, the amount of personalities, um, you know, and what what you what you're all doing together. It's it's brilliant, and that's the biggest thing you miss uh, about about being out of the game. Mm-hmm. And but I'm pretty sure every every player says the same. But it's just great to, to even you know cast back on these things, and you can you, you know you can you can think of a few things. It just makes you laugh, and you know. Definitely. The last season you were there, you finished 11th. Like, what kind of went wrong that season? I, I'm not quite sure, to be honest. I think there was quite a lot of changes and people coming and going. Um, I don't know. I just... I, there was, you know, I think people... I think David Fernandez and there was different players coming in. Momo Silla, people... There was... I don't know. It felt like there was a wee bit of a revolving door at mm. that stage, and I don't know if Jim was just trying to get it, you know, freshened up or whatever. Um, so I don't think there was kind of like a consistency in the team, and I know a lot of guys were kind of planning on moving on um, because of that, and I don't know if that kind of unsettled the team a little bit more. You know, you t- people like Gordon Graham that were performing brilliant, like week in week out, Simon Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Combe, the keeper. These guys were, you know, they were they 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 were potentially going to go into bigger and better things. And I don't know, I, I I couldn't put my finger on it. I think that's obviously a skill in itself if, for a manager to 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 do that. But in terms of me, it was just a case of why why am I not why am I not getting to play every week? Um, and I don't know. We had that chat, me and Jim, a couple of times and. Just, just thought, you know, like there was, there was uh, times where you, are you, you're playing out of position, but I'm playing to to, to help the team, but I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm playing sitting midfielder or I'm playing left. I think I played left back one game, you know, like it was like it was just it felt it, it felt like a, a bizarre year, and obviously the the the, the league position uh, showed that and. You know, it was just again for me. I wasn't sure what was going to happen in my last season. Uh, I did. You know, I was obviously still very much uh, in close sort of chat with Jim and Billy, but it just we felt for the best. It would be best for both of us to just kind of go into something new, mm-hmm. and that's when I kind of made the idea of. I actually thought I was going to stay, and and sort of the UK but it turned out I went to Australia mm-hmm. and how do you look back on your time at Kilmarnock um, got some good friends that came out of that um, it was a good again good a good time great club actually you know financially had its problems um, in the back and I think Jim done exceptionally well to keep the club fairly what kind of backing he'd got, but he was, you know, he he was a, definitely the backbone of how well the club was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, some great guys, and I enjoyed it. The the thing, like I said, if if we'd have had a different uh, outcome in that cup final, it would have been the best the best time in my sort of career again. But yeah. it wasn't to be. But um, no, really fondly uh, look back on my time at Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. See, just before you went to Australia, John McGuinn signed you for Wraith. Like, were you keen to prove yourself at that that level? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I wouldn't say, I mean, I, th I just knew that I could prove myself at that level. I think because, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking one minute, you, you know, you're a, you're a Premier League player. Um, at that stage, I was looking to do stuff. This is when I was I mentioned at the start about the property ideas. I was yeah. actually doing other things. Um, and I was thinking, should I, should I stay full time or should I go part time to, to carry on with the, you know, the property sort of uh, education side of things? And that was the opportunity to, to take that step down. But I did still feel like I had, you know, a few years in me. Um, but I, I just took that as a let's get going while I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So it was the, the Australian League is sort of a different time to when we start here. So yeah. it was one of the things where I look, I, I knew John really well from Hearts and he's a great guy. And, you know, you know, you know, he's going to look after you in any way he can. And he's, his work ethic's brilliant and he's, you know, a good, good person. And I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll go there and help John and John can help me. And that's what happened. And he had scored quite a few goals there and, uh, we obviously we went on to win the league, but yeah. I actually I actually moved just before we managed to clinch the title. So I never I never got a medal out of it for whatever reason. Um, I guess that's my own fault for for moving on to another another club in Australia. But um, it was great for the club to obviously get get promotion, and I was delighted for everybody there. Definitely. And you move on to Australia. Like how did that first come about? Um. It came about uh, Dave McPherson has got quite a lot of close relations in Australia and he just kind of more or less asked me uh, for a coffee one day and just said to me, um, would you fancy it? Because, you know, I, I know a couple of clubs that are looking for people and things like that. And I said to the to the missus, you fancy it? And she was like, yeah, let's, let's go for it. And we just kind of, it all happened very quickly, to be honest. And I think that was the that was the thing I felt bad about with the the Ray Rovers thing because I actually wanted to get a medal out the mm -hmm. back end there because I you know I felt like I was doing well and I know I was wanting to potentially move but just not at that time yeah. but it was a case of no the season's starting now let's pack your bags and go mm -hmm. and I felt I felt pretty bad about you know saying that to John McLean but I think he kind of understood enough that. You know, it was a mere formality that we were going to win the league. Um, so, yeah, let's just go. And it just kind of happened within a couple of weeks and we were fl flying off. Brilliant. And, like, you go into Richmond FC, what was, was that club like? I, I mean, that, 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 um, there's two different leagues uh, over there. And, I mean, the, that the Richmond is a different. It's almost like state league, so it's almost like a it's a shorter league that you do, and it's it, and it only really opens up once the big league. The the well at that time it was the Hyundai A League, so that's the main league over there, and that's where I went to initially um, to North Queensland Fury, right? And that's where, that's where I, I said to you, I'd met you know that's where I met Robbie Fowler, and that's that's where that all kind of started. Um, but I'd, I'd played with Robbie Fowler it was bizarre I went over to I'll tell you this is a good story um, I went over obviously to sign for the club and 
me and the, the wife had just kind of touched down. The, the club showed us our apartment and, and stuff like that. And it says, right, in the next couple of days, we're going to go to Singapore for a pre-season. Mm-hmm. Now, at this stage, Robbie Fowler wasn't at the club. Nobody knew he was coming to the club or anything. And uh, so we go, we fly over to Australia. And I'm just getting acquainted with everybody at the club, really. And we're going to the, the Mandarin Oriental Hotel in Singapore. And everybody's, you know, you go up to the desk with your, with your mates and you're kind of like, you're, you two are rooming, you two are rooming, you two are rooming. And I'm at the back end, just myself. And I go up to get my, my key card and I says to, says to the, the, the receptionist, oh, my card and stuff like that. And she, and she said to me, oh, Mr. Mr. Paula is in the room. Like this, Mr. Paula. And I was like, I, I thought, oh, she thinks I'm somebody else or we've got the wrong room. So she told me the room number and I go up and I just chapped the door and I opened the door and it was Robbie Fowler. And I was like, what, the, what is, what's just happened there? So you're a wee bit starstruck, you know? Yeah. Um, just, that's just the kind of, you know, you know, he's a massive player, you know, mm-hmm. and he's got a great CV, but it's just, it was the whole thing of, you know, I, I never knew he was at the club or anything. And that was my roommate for two weeks in, in Singapore and just, we just sat there. And he, the thing is, he was so grounded. He knew everything. He knew he knew things about Jim Jeffries. He knew he knew everything about your career. So he must have done really? a wee bit of research. Really? Ah, he was superb, honestly. So he was like an encyclopedia. He knew everything. But, but such a nice guy. Yeah. Oh, really, really good guy. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got thousands and thousands of properties. So we we had a chat about that, but he was never. Ah, he's he buys streets of properties, uh, so uh, obviously he's he's had quite a bit of a fair few moves in his career to, to allow all that. Um, but that's kind of where all that stemmed from. But no, so grounded, so grounded. Uh, great, great, great training player, great finisher. So that was that was good. Um, and then I just kind of moved. Out. I moved down to Melbourne after that, and then that's when I, I played for uh, Richmond. Uh, and that's it's kind of like a different part of a season. So once this season finishes, there's then a, a state league opens up, and most more often than not, some players some players don't, but some players go into the other leagues as well, yeah. just to kind of treat it like a full year round football mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. How did you enjoy? How did you enjoy that time down under? Aye, it was great. It was really just a great experience, Scott. To be honest, it was just something that. It was a box that needed ticked, you know. Yeah. Like it was like, you know, I played in the Premier League for best part of nine, ten years, and then went down to England to Championship. So it was just something else. It was, you know, it was like that other thing that could do you pick America, Australia, or whatever. Like, and it was a, uh, it was Australia, and it was, it was a fantastic time. And we were there, just, just two years, I think we were there, and we came back to get married. But I had that. There was lots of opportunities for me to stay there um, mm-hmm. because I did. I done one of my coaching licenses over there actually, the youth license, um, and you know there was ample opportunities for me to to stay in the game over there. But the wife wanted to come back and have kids and get married and stuff like that. So sure enough, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And was it always the plan to come back today? There was another offers. Um. To be honest, at that stage, when I was over there, that was when I was I took the the interest of what happens after football to the next yeah. level. Like I said, I was I didn't I done 
at one of the, the youth license over there. And I say, is that? So I did that to just test the waters. But at that stage, I was actually already studying other stuff like uh, surveying. Um, so it was just a case of come back to Edinburgh, uh, where that's where I, I am and that's where I love. And, uh, you know, can I get back involved in the game? And John was my first point of call because I'd left there on a high, you know, mm -hmm. albeit yes. that I, was dis I personally felt disappointed to leave him. But... Um, I knew he would look after me if he could, and he just sort of gave me a, a, a contract to run out the rest of the year. Um, but at that stage, I, I couldn't justify, you know, myself, really. I was getting a lot of injuries at that stage. I was older, older there and picking up more and more injuries in my back. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't fair on me trying to perform. It wasn't fair on John to try and back me. So we kind of just parted ways after that one season. And that's when I just kind of took a step back from football as a whole and just thinking, well, I'm going to focus on my, my own sort of career and business, if you like, um, and then get back into it further down the line. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. You stopped playing at 32, but how do you kind of move back in your playing career? Like, did you, do you think injuries kind of stopped you kind of kicking on or was it kind of satisfied with how well you'd done? Um, I think there's no doubt that, you know, if you didn't get a fair few injuries, you know, the level could have been different, you know, the consistency could have been different. Um, but to be honest, I'm not one that wants to sort of look back and feel sorry for anything, you know, it is what it is. And I was delighted and I'm really lucky, you know, because the guys that you speak to in, in a pub or your mates or whatever, you know, you're, you're one of the lucky ones to even get to, to be at that platform, you know, yeah. rub shoulders with the people you rub shoulders with. So it was just a, it was just a, looking back now, since I've been out of the game, you know, long enough, it's just a real honour, really, to be playing at all of these clubs and, you know, having all these supporters, you know, chant your name and do, do work for these guys and try and get them a result. It's, it's just been a privilege and, uh, as I said, further down the line, I think maybe in a couple, a year or two, maybe once the, the business is, can look after itself, I'll probably want to get back into it in some capacity uh, and give back. Because I, I think, you know, when I go to my little boys, you know, training or games and stuff like that, you can see, you know, I, I, I've got itchy feet a wee bit, you know, I'll kick the balls with them. Mm -hmm. uh, so whether I'll be any good at anything, I don't know. But I think I'll... Uh, I think I'll probably try and get into it at some point again. Brilliant. Are you all right closing with some quite fire questions? Yeah, go for it. Brilliant. Go for it. Out of your whole career, who would you say was the best player you ever played with? Played with? Uh, if I'm not too name droppy, I'd probably say for consistency, uh, Colin Cameron. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or just superb. Goal scorer, great vision, great timing, great engine, good captain. Yeah, probably. Did you, did you have a good Did you have a good relationship with him in the park as well? Like with Mickey, yeah, totally. Yeah, he, he, he just knew what you wanted. You know, he's having having Stevie Fulton. They knew mm -hmm. they knew what you wanted. They knew where to put the ball. His timing into the box. He, like I said, he would score as many as the strikers at times just by yeah. his timing. Uh, so Mickey was a super super player. Um, people, you know. 
I, you know, because you can you can maybe mention more popular names, but uh, no, I thought overall, Mickey was, yeah, top top player. Best player you played against? Quite an easy one because I used to always say this to people, and people didn't believe me because it was not the name they thought I was going to say. So, you know, like, as I said to you at the start, you said, you know, I played first debut against Sol Campbell and Ledley King and you're playing against all these other players. But I thought Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, I played against him a couple yeah. of times. Well, maybe three or four times. Um, and everybody used to go, what, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, really? And I, and I was like, so it was hard trying to get people to believe me, but sure enough, the, the guy moves on to Arsenal, then Barcelona, then yeah. look where he is now. So, like, got that one right. <laughs> but I, no, he, he was just very clever, you know. He would take you out of position and make you feel vulnerable and he, he would cheat at the right times. And I ah, was really, really good player. Um, in terms of centre-half, I don't know. A lot of good players, you know. Bobo Baldi was always intimidating. Amoruso, players like that, they were always floating about. Brilliant. Favourite away ground? Uh, I mean, it's great to always go to any team in Glasgow, and also, whether it be Rangers or Celtic. They're, they're always great feelings to go into that sort of theatre. But um, I actually enjoyed a lot of the ones down south. So probably West Ham right, okay. was, a, was one of the... Because the fans are brilliant. And it, and it's just a, a great platform to, to play. It's quite close in, certainly before they got all the changes made to it. And it's it's right in the centre of the, the city. It just feels like the fans are really passionate and stuff like that. So that was good. Uh, I really enjoyed playing there. I played there with Walsall and Gilliam, so that was good. Um, but I, up here, probably, if you're, if I was to come on it, I'd also say Tynecastle, mm-hmm. you know, because as I said, that's a, that's a great place to play. Definitely. Interesting fact about yourself that nobody will know. <laughs> That's a hard one, that, eh? Uh, I don't know. Interesting fact. You might, might say something funny here. Bravo like I'm really, a, I'm really a woman or something. Like <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Would that work? <laughs> uh, I don't know, to be honest. Um, interesting fact. I've not got anything really to... That's a good one, you know. I need to come back to that one. Mm-hmm. I'll touch on that later on. Favourite film and TV show? TV show? Uh, I don't really watch too much TV now with the business, but um, Mad Men, maybe? Mm-hmm. you watched that? Yeah, Mad yeah. Men's sort of 60s, sort of 50s, 60s uh, advert thing, uh, ad, ad industry, uh, Don Draper. So that was... I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's probably if I had to move to a, a remote island and take one box set, that kind of question, yeah. that's probably it. Brilliant. Best friend in football? Mm, still in football. Yeah. Well, what about best friend, best friend now that was that you played with in football? I'm, I'm still quite close with about Gordon Greer. Right. Gordon's, obviously, he's went on to do really well. Um, down south um, and obviously got his caps with Scotland we're still quite close um, yeah 
he's uh, I think he's now he's scouting now for for Brighton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, probably say a big G man. Brilliant. And final question: best manager you played under? Played under. Uh, I think you've got to say. I mean, I spent most of my career with Jim Jeffries, so it would be it would be wrong of me to not say that because I've, I've moved with him <laughs> wherever he's went. So I'd probably say him and Billy, and Billy gets a, a special mention in that because yeah. he took a lot to do with it. So I'd probably say they guys. Definitely brilliant. Gary, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, mate. I can't thank you enough. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, it's been great, Scott. Thanks, Thanks very much, mate. Cheers. Cheers.